0: Starring B. LaDay in. But Ma, that's my favorite movie. Oh, well, all right. But don't you spend too much time in front of that TV. Do you hear me? Yes, Ma. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. But Ma, that's my favorite movie. And I am your host, B. LaDay. I want to take a moment to thank my listeners. So if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. You're a real one, period. And if you're a new listener, thanks so much for stopping by and giving my podcast a chance. I really, really appreciate it. And you know what? You were actually in for a treat, which... I know we'll keep you coming back for more. All right, now, If you are a new listener, I do want to give you a little info on how this podcast works, okay? So what we do here is we discuss movies. We don't really critique them. I mean, maybe a little here and there, but we mostly just talk about the movies and things I love about them. And I say we a lot because I feel like this is a conversation between us, you know, that, you know, that's what I'm assuming you're out there listening to me, right? We're we're talking, we're just having a good little time, right? And so... Uh, we're talking about these movies, and I I like to highlight things that I love about them, things I liked, um, things that I loved, uh, just highlighting the positive things, right? And then pretty much you can just think of it as we've started a conversation about a particular movie and then I go into telling you about the movie without spoiling the ending well for one kind of episode but we'll get to that and then while I also go into info about like the cast crew in behind the scenes. Now we do do our episodes two different ways okay so i have theme episodes where those are the ones i don't spoil the ending and that is what i call my double feature and an example of that would be episode 38 but ma that's my favorite crime movie and see in that episode it's a good example of my double features i'll talk about two different movies and just kind of briefly go over them without spoiling the ending And what I will do is I will choose episodes that fit within that subject that I've picked for that uh, the title of the episode. And so normally in those episodes, I talk about movies I enjoy, love or maybe even discuss the movies that I've seen for the first time. So um, it just really depends. But I feel like I have a good catalog of movies that I've seen that I haven't even touched the surface so I do have a lot more movies to go through to be honest but sometimes I throw in ones that I haven't seen and I do it for the purpose of the subject and the theme that we're going to be uh, doing for that particular episode. Then a different episode that I have is where I discuss one solo movie, which I call the matinee. And pretty much with matinees, I just talk about one solo movie. I go through the same thing with like my theme episodes. I talk about behind the scenes information, the cast crew, movies they've been in. I also add in another element of um, coming up with hypothetical questions, fun little creative topic questions um, about said movie, okay? All right, and now today we have our theme episode, which is titled, But Ma, That's My Favorite Comedy Movie, and I'm actually super excited for this episode, and I've been wanting to do it, uh, and so I just was like, man, I think for Black History Month, it would be great to talk about some urban films that I adore and love that are super funny. Now, before we do get into the movies, I do want to let you know about our social media real quick. So just in case you didn't know, uh, please follow our social media pages for information that um, will provide, you know, a sneak peek about upcoming movies um, where I will post a guess the theme visual and you'll have to guess either the movies or what you think the next theme will be based on, you know, the visuals of the movies. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, also, we have a website, which I hope you go there more than the other ones, to be honest. The website is but Ma, that's my favorite movie.com. And on that website, you'll get info about me, the host. Um, you'll also know other platforms that you can listen to the podcast and um, and just so much more. I'm currently just working on the site, trying to figure out and Uh, what exactly I want to all do with it. But the main thing is it has a way to easily contact me. So if you have any recommendations, suggestions, comments, concerns, then you can reach out to me directly on that website. Or you can go to either one of the social media pages that I mentioned. Now, all of the handles along with the link to the website are in the show notes slash description box below. Don't forget, I'm still doing a contest where I'm going to give away 50 bucks in a drawing. And how you enter is by tagging our page on social media while shouting out the podcast or giving us a review on the Apple podcast app or the website. So if you do one, you will get two entries. But if you do the review plus shouting us out on social media, you'll get four entries. And um, whenever I do get enough, I will be definitely... You know, doing the drawing and doing it on an episode. So definitely join into that. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you want a free 50 bucks? Because pretty much, I mean, everyone's on social media most of the time. So why not, right? And plus you help out my podcast. So let's go ahead. Since we got all of that out the way, let's get into these movies. All right. So the first movie we're going to get into Light, camera, action. Man, turn around, eat your big ass biscuit. That quote is by Euripides. <laughs> Such an interesting name. Um, who is played by Alan Payne, and the movie we're going to be talking about first is CB4. Now, not to single out anyone, but if you're black, um, you've probably seen this movie. I feel like this is a pretty um, obscure movie. I don't think not everyone's seen this movie, probably. Um, And I feel like if you're black, you've probably seen this movie for sure. Um, It's definitely one for the culture uh, because of how it is a parody on different, you know, rap groups and uh, just that type of lifestyle. And it's just a parody of it all. And so... Um, this this is a really, really funny movie. And I grew up on this movie. So it was released March 12th, 1993. So y'all, I was just like, one years old, like just turned one the previous month. Okay. Now the writers of this movie is Chris Rock, who also uh, wrote for the movie, I think I love my wife, which I do love that movie. And I'm going to talk about that movie. And also head of state. Um, Another writer was Nelson George, who wrote Strictly Business and the first episode of the show Get Down on Netflix. And then we have Robert Locash, who wrote High School High and The Naked Gun, 33 One Third, The Final Insult. The director is Tamara Davis, and she directed movies like Billy Madison, Half Baked, Crossroads and I think that's funny because I know the movie Crossroads gets a lot of how do you say this like it didn't get the best reviews people weren't really feeling that movie but I just think that's funny that this is the same director who did see before so that is super interesting all right so let's go ahead and get into the summary of this movie all right so we have a white who is showing this group called CB4 a rough cut of their repumentary? That sounds so weird saying it. So it's a play on documentary, but since they're rappers, they called it a repumentary. That just sounds weird. But oh well. So In this um, documentary that um, he's showing them, we're seeing interviews from various celebs and rappers. So we have uh, people like Ice-T, Holly Berry, Ice Cube, Eazy-E, Flavor Flav, and Shaquille O'Neal. Now, just kind of a side note here, Eazy-E, he passed away in 1995. Okay. And this movie came out in 93. So two years later, he passed away. Now I'm not even sure if he was ever interested in doing an acting career or if he has been or did any other cameos in any other movies, but I really like that this movie holds a little bit of um, a physical memory of him because uh, a lot of people know Easy e as the rapper from NWA and to see it like a film that has him like talking and you can see a little bit of his mannerisms and stuff I just think it, it it's a it's a good you know kind of concrete way to you know show people even though he was he's acting himself but so people can you know see a little bit of who he was so I, I really like the movie. That's one of the things I, I like about this movie because it kind of holds that memory. All right, so uh, let's see. So Easy Flavor Flav Okay, so all of those people, their interview. Now, some people are giving you know positive uh, opinions about the group. Some people are kind of blowing through it, probably making stuff up. And then there's some people who just don't have a good opinion about them. And one of those people would be Virgil Robinson, Who's played by Phil Hartman, and he is actually um, a candidate who's running for mayor. And uh, since they're a rap group, well, a hardcore rap group, it's he's making it a point to talk about how you know influential their music is, but not in a good way. So pretty much after we see some of those interviews from those celebs and rappers that I uh, listed, they have a scene where you know A. Y. He's doing his narration. And at one point, because like he's basically saying, oh, I, you know, we want to dive real deep into CB4 and get to know them, you know, who they really are. And then it's at some point, somebody, I guess, jacked the cameraman's camera <laughs> and like runs off with it. They're trying to like chase after him to go get the camera. And this is when it cuts out. And so A. White's like, oh, man, you know, my freaking editor put in the wrong clip. And it's like, dude why would you put that clip in there? Like, are you crazy? And so of course this does not impress the members of the group because they see that. And they're like, really? And, um, one of the members of the group, his name is dead Mike. Who's played by Alan Payne. Um, which I know I said his name is Euripides, but they have like their stage name and they have their real name. And so his stage name or his rapper name is dead Mike. And so he expresses his concern and he's, like saying, you know, we have a why do we have the other man filming us and not the brother man? <laughs> so, um, we can tell that he is the woke rapper of the group, um, just because of his like what he says and um, just how he interacts with everyone else around him. So, that's you know, that's his little gimmick thing, and so he he says that, and um, they're the manager of the group he pretty much lets them know like the other man was cheaper than the brother man so that's why we have him here and so then this makes pretty much dead mike and stab master arson who is another member of the group um leave because they're like huh we're over it we got better things to do because you know they're rappers so they have this swag this hard personality like they the only emotions they show is like anger or like brushing stuff off but you know, they're just like over whatever. We don't really care about this. And um, then we have MC Gusto, who's played by Chris Rock, who actually volunteers for A.Y. to spend the day with him. So he'll be able to record a day in the life of MC Gusto, if that makes sense. And so um, this excites A.Y. because he's like, yes, pretty much MC Gusto is the main or the is like the leader of the group so of course anyone would love to you know be able to spend the day with you know who's the lead rapper of the group right the one everyone grab gravitates to and i also want to give you who give you the actor who plays stab master arson um which that is That is Deezer D. And I'm thinking, "Mm, was he like a real rapper or something? Or is that his real name? But that's what I got as the real actor's name, Deezer D. But I digress. All right, so uh, let's see where I was at. Okay, so pretty much he, you know, MC Gustav says, hey, you can come with me, whatever. And so they pretty much are, because they were all at, their record labels like building. And that's where they had met where A White was going to show them the rapamentary. And so after that, MC Gusto, they leave. A White goes with them. Dead Mike and um stab Master Arson. <laughs> uh, that's a funny name to say. Um they'd already left. So we we see MC Gusto and A. White going to uh mc gusto's jeep and then they cut back to the office where trust is <laughs> he's like spray painting a record gold and i'm thinking to myself um i don't know if he's trying to put up like a fake record to make it seem like it went gold <laughs> or if he just colored records to make them gold to hang it up as decoration i'm not really sure but he's up there doing that um and one of the lines When I think of this movie, is while he's doing, he's like go go (laughs) go. I love gold. Um, and so it you know cuts back to him, and so he's spray painting his record and just having a good old time, and he gets a call, and once he hears the man's voice on the other end of the line, it actually scares him. Like you can tell it's actually rendered him speechless, okay? Because it looks like he has a lot to say all the time um, and it's not, you know, super probably easy to just make him speechless or shut up or whatever. But when he hears that voice, he does immediately do that. So you think, oh, wow, this, this guy on the other line is up to no good. And so then we go back to MC Gusto and um he ends up getting a call from that same man. So we at this point we don't know who this man is. Um but we've heard his voice once with uh, Trustus. And I forgot to tell you, but Trustus um the actor that plays him is Willard E. Pew. Okay, so yeah, once MC Gusto gets that call, that when he hears that voice, it immediately freaks him out, right? Well, actually, it doesn't really freak him out. It's just a shock thing because obviously him and this dude have something going on that we're not quite aware of yet. And uh, basically when he hears that voice, it's like his facial expression goes blank like he's seen a ghost. But he doesn't get to be in shock too much longer because um, he actually notices that this man is actually right behind him because uh, Gusto had drove off with his Jeep, like onto the street, main street or whatever. And he got the call. And so once he, you know, has this look on his face, like he's seen a ghost. Um, the guy on the phone tells him that he's like right behind him. And so a car chase ensues with Gusto and this mystery man. And you could tell at this point, uh, Gusto is super freaked out. Like he's trying to do everything in his power to get away from this man. And luckily he does because he ends up taking, um, a turn that, will land him in LA traffic. And what's funny is I guess this is like the running joke of being in California, how bad LA traffic is. And so when Gusto remembers like, Oh, I can take this way, And I know he won't follow me there. He was right. Because MC Gusto literally made a comment saying, I, I may be a fool, but I-, or he was like, I may be crazy, but I ain't that crazy. <laughs> like even the person trying to chase and kill someone <laughs> is not willing to wait in LA traffic to get them. So, That's the funny part, right? All right, and so pretty much MC Gusto's persona that we've seen, like this hard guy, this tough guy, this rugged guy, it completely goes out the window because he's super scared. He's like pretty much, like his voice is like not even the same voice he was doing earlier. And so then he basically tells a white that he wants to he wants to tell him a story right because he, he he tells him hey how much tape does that camera got and they're like oh yeah he has a bunch and so he's like okay I'm gonna because he pretty much he's letting a white know how like why this guy's chasing me let me go ahead and tell you the story why and I guess maybe it was one of those things he wants to get it off his off of his conscience as well because he probably didn't do the right thing to get to where he is which, It's true. It's like, it's good and bad at the, not really. It's not terrible, but it's not the best thing that he could have done to get where he is. So then he goes into a story and he starts off where we learn MC Gusto, his name is actually Albert. And so he is explaining that he wanted to be a rapper. But his parents didn't really support him. His girlfriend didn't really support him. And they would, I guess, pretty much rather him do anything else but be that. And even when he listened to the rap music, it's like his parents couldn't stand it. His girlfriend couldn't stand it. But when it came to more like poppy sounds, they were all over it, right? And of course, he didn't really care about those because he was more into rap. And so he begins to talk about his friends. So he's talking about his other group members that are in their rap group, right? And so we f- start off with uh, getting to know who Stab Master Arson is, and we find out his name is Otis. And he has six sisters that he helps to take care of. And then we have Dead Mike, whose real name is Euripides, like I said in the beginning. And he's pretty much the woke one of the group. And so basically this group what they would do is because they were all, you know, they all had this dream of becoming rappers. And so they would go to this club called Gusto's. Hint, hint, if if it's not coming full circle already. Yeah, they went to this club named Gusto's where basically they tried different gimmicks as a rap group and none of them were successful. And so we find out that Gusto's is owned by a man, whose name is Gusto, and he's highly respected. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it's known that, you know, he's like a drug dealer. He's one of them guys that you don't want to mess with. Um, Everyone's probably pretty much scared of him, and that's the kind of respect he gets is fear. And, And then we discover whenever we see Gusto for the first time at this club, when we hear his voice, you can easily put together that that was well one well first of all we've seen him we saw the guy chasing him so we see him at this club so we know this is the man who's chasing him so now we're trying to connect well okay how do we get from seeing this guy on this club them being group members in the club to them later on being chased by him all right and then first of all Albert was calling himself MC Gusto he first started off going to a club called Gusto's. Okay. So le- let me, let me put all the pieces together for you. All right. So Albert ends up finding the courage to go to Gus Gusto to ask him if they can be an opening act for wacky D if he does play at his club. So pretty much Albert was like overhearing Gusto speak to Trustus. So Trustus was, has been in and out of this club as well. And so, Gusto was asking Trusses, like, hey, when are we going to get Wacky D up in here? Like, this is the hottest club. He should be performing at my club. And so Albert overheard that. So he thought it would be a good idea for him to ask Gusto, like, hey, if you do get him, could we be the opening act and pretty much Gusto instantly like blows him off because he sees his performances. He's not feeling it. He's like, yeah. Me tried to explain a group that doesn't even know what their style is or or who they are opening up for someone as big as wackety. Yeah, no. And so pretty much he brushes him off. And this upsets Albert a little bit because he's like, dang, you're not even giving me a chance. So Albert begins to like rebuttal with him. And once he like does that, uh, his other friends Otis and Euripides hear him and so they come up like oh yeah man what's up like they finna do something and then Gusto flips over the table like pretty much y'all not finna <laughs> y'all not finna check me in my own club like that's a no so he ends up getting them thrown out literally into like the back alley and of course they're embarrassed they feel a little defeated and um Even Euripides is like, man, you should go back in there and, you know, talk to him or apologize or whatever. And then Trustis ends up like rolling by and he's like, hey, y'all can rap, but what y'all are doing currently, I can't sell. But if you do do something that's more put together, then call me and he gives them their car. And so they're like, okay, whatever. And so the next day, because they're so determined to Uh, have a better relationship with gusto albert goes by himself which i'm like why would you go by yourself but he goes by himself to go speak to gusto so he goes back up to the club and this is during the day so this is not when the club is like up and popping and the nightlife it's just whatever normal business that they're doing during the day so he he's across the street And before he ends up like crossing to the other side to get to the club, I know this sounds like I'm about to do a why did the chicken cross the road, but I promise you I'm not. But um, before he crosses, there's a guy who was like at the corner. And the guy asks him like, hey, what time is it? And then Albert gives him the time, not thinking anything of it. So once Albert crosses the street, he's like kind of practicing what he's going to say to him. And he knocks on the door. He goes inside and Gusto, I mean, they kind of, They're giving him the benefit of the doubt. They don't really see him as a threat. So they let him in. They know it's the guy from last night. And then just as Albert is about to like say whatever his whole spill is going to be to Gusto, these cops burst into the club. And so when they burst into the club, they immediately start going after people, arresting people, like trying to gather up everyone that's in this club. Now, mind you, they are like cutting up like cocaine. So they do have an illegal drug in there. So that does not help their case. Um, but what they end up doing is when they go, when one of the cops goes to arrest Albert, uh, another cop is like, no, leave, leave him alone. He's good because he knew he just came in there. So he wasn't like a part of, I guess, he he assumed he wasn't a part of what was going on. And so then when Gusto hears that, that makes him mad. And he's like, you set me up. So this looks like a whole setup that Albert did. Like he just came there to be a distraction or he led the guys to where Gusto was, but it's like, Gusto, you're at your club. You ain't that hard to find, but I digress. And so um, pretty much as Gusto's getting arrested, uh, a crowd forms outside. I don't know how, but I guess word got out. Or I don't know how long this arrest was taking that people were able to go outside of this club to gather around and start chanting his name but they do that and Albert feels inspired by this because he's like man if I had that status that much you know notoriety from people that they're chanting my name like I could be somebody and so as Gusto is getting hauled out he's like man I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you I can't believe you did this he's like in shock he just really thinks that Albert is This is all Albert's fault. Albert is the cause of why he's getting um, locked down. And so Albert comes up with this grand idea and he um, ends up gathering his two friends together. And he ends up um, inviting them to a diner where they have literally big ass biscuits. Um, This is where the line came from, from this scene. But, uh, yeah, so they're, like, not even eating the biscuit. I mean, this biscuit is huge. It's like a cake. It's probably, like, a three-layer cake. And freaking, oh, my God, I can't even describe how big the square of butter is on top of this biscuit. Like, this is unreal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Albert's basically telling his friends, like, this is what we should do. We should form a group. I'm going to take Gusto's name. We're going to call ourselves CB4, which is the cell block that Gusto is on. I'm going to take like basically mannerisms, characteristics, his story and adopt it as my own. And then we can start a little group and we'll be we'll be huge. And I think it was because Gusto had a name established. So he felt like he would have some notoriety just writing with that name. But I don't know if Gusto was just known locally or because I'm like, and then if people knew him locally, then they would know. Even if they heard Albert using his name, they would know that that wasn't the real Gusto. But I'm not quite sure how that worked, but it did. It did work. Okay. Okay, so then at first the friends are hesitant because they're like, yeah, no. And they know how dangerous Gusto is. And and they know at this point he's not going to be out anytime soon. But you still don't want to take a risk like that because you're like, eventually it's going to get to him somehow. Right. And they just don't want to be in any more hot water than they know that freaking, you know, Albert is already in. But after some convincing, they do agree. So yeah, we could do it because they don't have the best line of work because Otis, he's helping take care of his sisters, which is nice, but it does get old. And Euripides, he worked for a uh, phone sex hotline (laughs) and he worked for the gay line. And so he just, he wasn't too into making that a career. So then they end up being like, okay, Let's try it. Let's do it. Um, and then uh, something that Euripides made a point of it, he said, I will do this for now, but if I do find something better, I guess another venture that could uh, be an opportunity off of what they are doing as a rap group, he's like, then I'm out. And, you know, Albert's like, cool, because, you know, this is something I want to do. I need y'all's help. So, if. if However, however long we can ride and, you know, have this opportunity. Cool. So he's not really chirping about that. So they end up changing their image down to like the clothes, the hairstyle, the way they talk, uh, putting golds in their mouth. So just changing up their image, making themselves more harder, more edgy. And they end up going to Tristis, who actually loves the look. He, he loves everything about them. He's like, oh, my God, I can sign y'all. This is great. And when they do sign to him, their first hit is straight out of low cash. And then they begin having more hits and, and, and more hits and more hits. So it's like back to back to back. So they begin to gain success fairly quickly. So they end up on television in the prison that the real gusto is at and, of course, this makes Gusto super mad. And it makes it worse because he already, he didn't like them due to, you know, what Al, what he thought Albert did by setting him up. And then he realizes that Albert actually took his freaking name. And so that makes him even more mad. And so pretty much, you know, Gusto, he's going to find a way out. So that sentence is going to end early. And um, MC Gusto, he's basically having to deal with this, Uh, sudden this sudden rise to fame while you know still being in fear of you know what Gusto could would do to him if he got out along with just balancing like relationships and career and all that good stuff but you know ultimately it is a parody so it is all funny it's not serious um but but it's a really good film I really like this film OK, so to go over the cast we have here. So we have Chris Rock, who plays Albert slash MC Gusto. He was in The Longest Yard and Head of State and so many other movies. Uh, we have Alan Payne, who plays Euripides, who um, also plays Dead Mike. He was in New Jack City, which I just talked about in episode 38. And he was in the movie Vampire in Brooklyn, which I do want to talk about. We have Deezer D who plays Otis slash Stab Master Arson. He is in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, another movie I'm going to talk about. And he was a character on the show ER. We have Chris Elliott who plays A White. He was in Groundhog Day and There's Something About Mary. We have Phil Hartman who plays Virgil Robinson. He was in So I Married an Axe murderer and Jingle All the Way, which I talked about in episode 31. We have Charlie Murphy, who plays Gusto. He was in Norbit and Night at the Museum. Um, He's also Eddie Murphy's brother, if he didn't kind of connect with the last name Murphy. Um, And then we have Candy Alexander, who plays Sissy. And she was a regular in CSI Miami and the show Scandal. We have Art Evans, who plays Albert Sr., And he was in Die Hard 2 and Ruthless People. We have Teresa Randall who plays Eve. She was in Bad Boys and Spawn. We have Willard E. Pugh. Willard. So Willard plays Trustis. And he was also in RoboCop 2 and The Color Purple. We have Ty Granderson Jones who plays 40 dog. He was in con air and tapped out. We have Rachel true who plays Dahlia, who was in the craft, which I talked about in episode 21 and half baked, which this would be, um, there's two movies that, um, I believe what was it? The director Tamra Davis. Yes. So she was in two movies that she directed. So that's pretty cool when, you know, we have those reoccurring relationships. Um, then we have Richard Grant who plays Baba Ock, Bubba Ock, was in Norbit and Bean. Then we have J.D. Daniels, who plays Ben. He was in The Mighty Ducks and The Pickle. We have Stoney Jackson, who was Wacky D. He was in the show 227 and Angels in the Outfield. We have Isaac Hayes, who plays Owner. He was in Escape from New York and Reindeer Games. We have Lawanda Page, who plays Grandma. She was in Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Her Juice in the Hood in the movie Friday. We have Shar Jackson, who plays Tamika. She was in Moesha and Good Burger, which I talked about in episode 24. Okay, so let's get into some of the behind-the-scenes information. So... um. The first thing we have here, Chris Rock reenacts his crack smoking scene with the same facial expressions and wearing the same clothing from the film New Jack City. Now, he does play Pookie in New Jack City. And so that's pretty funny that, um, he, you know, he played the character that he played as a crack addict in New Jack City. And then he's a normal character who rises to fame, who ends up doing crack in that movie. But it's, of course, more on the funny side because New Jack City was a drama. Um, the three songs performed by CB4 are loose remakes of real rap songs. So we have Straight Outta Low Cash, which is resemblance of Straight Outta Compton by N.W.A. Sweat Off My Balls was Talk Like Sex by Cool G Rap and DJ Polo. And Rapper's Delight was originally by the Sugar Hill Gang. And then we have, as Chris Rock narrates the movie, he compares the real gusto to Nino Brown. Nino Brown was the main drug lord in New Jack City, in which Rock and Alan Payne co-starred. And then the last thing we have at the end of the movie, there's a scene in which Rock, Chris, haggles idiotically with Isaac Hayes. This is a spoof of a similar conversation between the same two actors in I'm Gonna Get You Sucka, in which Chris Rock played a customer at Isaac Hayes rib Joint. So he was kind of reminiscent other uh, movies and kind of recreating those scenes, which I think that's pr- that's pretty cool to kind of go full circle in, you know, because, you know, Chris Rock, he, in those movies, he was kind of, um, he was a smaller, he played a smaller role. And so now he has a movie where he's, you know, the main cast member and he's able to just kind of circle around to those movies where, you know, he, he was a smaller role. So that's super cool. And then, um, something just to comment on when I was talking about like parody. Okay. When I watched this movie when I was younger, of course I'm thinking, okay, they're playing a rap group. No big deal. But when I watched the movie straight out of Compton, I was like, oh, Oh, so they were kind of being a parody of N.W.A. And to be honest, I think they were also a parody of Run-D.M.C. as well. That makes a lot of sense because Run-D.M.C. has three guys. N.W.A. had kind of the more rugged, edgy look. And uh, I, I just thought I thought that was cool how they incorporated that. And um, it's even more ironic that they had Easy e in this movie with a cameo because oh, actually they had EZ and Ice Q, both of them that were group members of NWA. So that was pretty sweet um, that they were kind of doing a parody of that. Then they end up, you know, being in the actual movie. So I bet that was a real honor. All right. So um, that is pretty much all that I have for that movie. Now, before we get to the next movie, we're actually going to pause for a quick commercial break. So if you've been wondering on where to host your podcast, then I got something for you. Podbean is the best hosting site. They have four different plans that could fit any of your podcasting needs. I personally chose the unlimited plan for 14 a month, Or it would be $9 a month if you wanted to pay annually. And on this plan, you get unlimited audio, a podcasting page with custom designs that you'll be able to personalize and much more. You will also get access to statistics that break down things like how many downloads you got per episode, the location of where your episodes are being listened from what platforms they're listening on, and more. Podbean is super user-friendly. I made the best choice going with them, and I highly recommend anyone starting a podcast to use them. So if you're ready to get started with your podcast, then go to the link in my description box below. And you know what? I'll throw in something sweet. If you go to my link, which is going to be www.podbean.com slash t m f m then you are actually going to get your first month for free yeah i said it for so get your mic get to recording and sign up with podbean happy podcasting y'all all right back to our regularly scheduled programming so on to the next movie lights camera action live in large and take a charge big booty all right that quote is by <laughs> the great natalie dessley reed i hope i said her middle name correctly natalie reed um who plays the character mickey And the next movie we're going to be talking about is Babs. okay now if you're wondering what Babs stands for it's black american princess Let me see. Okay, so it's just black American princesses because I was wondering, okay, princess is, I assume the S was already attached, but I guess that's what that S in there stands for. But I digress. So this movie was released March 28th, 1997. Now when I tell y'all, I really don't mean to do these things. So this movie came out in March in 97. See, before it came out in March ninety (laughs) four. So how coincidental they were meant to be. So the writer we have, we have a solo writer who is Troy Byer. He also wrote Love Don't Cost a Thing. And then we have director Robert Townsend, who directed The Five Heartbeats, also starred in it as well in the movie Meteor Man. And to be honest, I did not know that Robert directed this movie, he did a lot of different things, um, probably more than I even know. So it'd be very interesting to, you know, look him up one day to see like all of the different things that, you know, he's been in and directed. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the summary. So we have Nisi, who's played by Holly Berry, who is a waitress at a diner, and she works with her best friend named Mickey, who's played by Natalie Reed. And um there's gonna be a full circle moment, but let me just go ahead and just get into the full information about the summary. Okay, so <laughs> now while working, she ends up hearing on the radio an ad for MTV that they're having an audition for Heavy D's new music video for a video girl. And while she's hearing it and paying more attention to the ad than the customer she's supposed to be getting an order from, the manager, Mr. Johnson, notices and he tells her that he's actually going to dock her pay because he saw her not, you know, focusing on the customer. Now, Mr. Johnson is played by the great Bernie Mac R.I.P. And so, you know, he gets very upset. He's like, I'm a doctor your pain. She's like, no, you can't do that. You know, I was paying attention, whatever. But, but pretty much he's like, I saw what I saw. If you don't like it, then you can go. But he says more words than that. And it's funny, but only Bernie Mac could do that. So pretty much after work, um, the girls, they're walking together because they live together as well. They start complaining about their boyfriends. Uh, who are Ali and James, they're like, Ooh, like they are so sorry because they didn't come pick us up. Right. So you're thinking initially they're walking because they were expecting a ride. Right. And then it turns out when Ali and James show up, they're walking too. (laughs) So they were supposed to pick them up from work, walk to work, and then, you know, walk with them home. But the girls at this point, they're over them. They're tired of, tired, they're tired of them. And so the guys are pretty much like, oh, well, you know, we were trying to uh, buy a car because, you know, I think it was James' grandfather was going to sell it to them for half price. And Mickey's like, y'all couldn't even get that car if it was free because y'all ain't got no jobs. And so they're like, oh, well, you know, we've been trying to put in applications for a month now. What do you mean trying to put in applications for a month? Like, you are so sorry. And then they end up talking about their dream of, oh, we're going to open up a, they said a pager luxury cab service. And so the girls are like, we're, we're over. And they're like, okay, we're just going to walk away and leave. And then Ali ends up stopping Nisi. And he's like why, are you, like, why are you doing that? And she's just basically like, I'm tired of your dreams. Like, I want a man who's going to, be there for me who who's going to work who's going to take care of their business and not just kind of flaunt around here just thinking everything's fun and games and so they end up going their separate ways and later that night you know Nisi she is doing Mickey's hair and the MTV ad that she heard on the radio comes on the TV and then as Mickey is you know flipping through the pages of a magazine she sees the MTV ad on one of the pages and so Nisi like stops and she tells Mickey like my mom told me all good things come in threes I think this is a sign and at first Mickey's like girl no you crazy and and pretty much Nisi's like well what if I'm not because it's so coincidental that I saw all three things on on three different mediums in the same day like it's meant to be and so this pretty much convinces Mickey and she's like maybe you're right and so Nisi's like can we go to California? Because they work together, they live together, and I, they've obviously been saving together. And so pretty much Nisi's like, I want to follow my dream. Also, in uh, the ad, they were saying that they want to find not only just like a bunch of video girls, they wanted to find one video girl, they wanted to, they were calling it like the video girl, let me see, they were calling it like he's basically looking for a special one. So it's like almost the video girl type of thing. And then whoever actually won would get $10,000. And so Nisi not only is wanting to do this opportunity because that's cool. You'd be on TV. You get to work with Heavy D. But also because the amount of change they would get for being able to be in the video and she figures since they have this dream of opening a restaurant slash salon that this would be absolutely perfect and so mickey goes along with it she's like bet let's do it and Nisi's like we should celebrate because she finally got mickey on her side and so she's like we need to go out to the club and mickey's like no we got to save every penny we have because we're going to california which is super expensive and Nisi's like It's Tuesday. It's ladies' night. And so they're like, Ooh, get it, get it. (laughs) Their dynamic was just absolutely perfect in this movie. So, anyway, so they end up going to the club. They get in free. And they end up seeing these guys at the bar. And Mickey makes it a point to hint at them that she wants a drink because she tells Nisi, like, she's like, Aren't you thirsty, Nisi? And Nisi's like, No, I'm good. And then she's like, Like, girl do you not see what I'm trying to do she's they're trying to get guys to buy them drinks and so these two dudes are, oh yeah yeah let's get the ladies a drink and so they're like give me uh four of them hurricanes and so the bartender put brings up the hurricanes and he's like, okay that'll be $16 even that's just four dollars a drink but I guess this was in the 90s so maybe that was too much still but anyway so as soon as the bartender says that the guys just looking at their fingers, looking around the club. They act like they don't hear the man. And so the girls are like, oh, no, we leaving. So they go. And one of the guys actually comes up to Niecy, grabs her, like, "Uh uh-uh, you not finna go nowhere. It's like, dude, you couldn't even buy me a drink. And you think I want to sit here and talk to you? boy bye And so Niecy's like, get off of me. And luckily, her boyfriend saves the day. He swoops in, like, you know, we got a problem. Like, don't be touching on her like that. And so he ends up like punching the dude. The dude gets knocked out. His friend like drags him away. Then, you know, Ollie and James, they're back with their girls and they're thinking, Okay, well, we got our man here. They gonna get us some drinks. So they go back to the bar. You know, he asks Ollie's like, Oh yeah, give me four of them hurricanes. <laughs> and me my sister we love this part, he's like, look get four of them hurricanes? <laughs> and so the bartender, he's already looking, uh He's looking a little upset already because he's like, I just pulled these out and the other guys can buy it. Y'all probably can't buy it either. Now, at first he was hesitant and maybe he's like, oh no, they good for it. They good for it. So he brings out the drinks and he's like $16 even. So then Ollie and James are filling around their pockets, trying to look in their wallet. They ain't got no money either. And so they try to tell the ladies... Once they get upset because they're like, oh, hell no. Nah. So they like walk off from them and the guys are like, well, y'all got in free. So y'all should be buying us drinks. And the other guy said that, too. And I'm like, y'all just some trifling fools. And so same thing ends up happening. Ali tries to grab Nisi as she's walking away. And she's basically like, dude, you don't have your life together you know, I'm tired of hearing about your dreams. You can't even hold down no job. Like, I'm over it. And then he tells her pretty much like, oh, so like your dream is what, well, way more thought out and like coming true for you too, right? And that kind of hits a nerve for her. Because to be honest, I thought they both had kind of silly ideas. Her restaurant... Her restaurant idea and his uh pager. Actually, pager cab was not actually a bad idea. But in the long run, they would have ran out of business because no one uses pagers. But maybe they could have developed into, you know, just a regular service or whatever. But I don't know. He, they could have done something. But their ideas were kind of silly. Um, and I don't think no one had any. Be- no idea was better than the other. But I do think of the fact that Nisi and Mickey actually held jobs and the guys didn't it just still, it it made the guys just, you know, it just made their dreams seem kind of um, silly because of the fact that they weren't making any effort to put in any actual money because they didn't work. And so um, the next day, the girls are actually getting on the plane and this is where they have their famous big hair. Like Holly Berry has this almost like cylinder piece on her head. And then we have Mickey who has like this, like, fanned out piece on hers, like, you have to see it. It's it's in the visual that I have on the, um, hopefully it should be on the website by now and on the social media, so you'll definitely see that. It's pretty funny. And so they're on the plane, and um, at one point, the plane starts playing a movie for the people, and the people can't see the freaking screen because their hair is, like, blocking it. And so one of the flight attendants has to tell them, like, um, yeah, can you move your hair like lower your hair and so they have to like slump down all the way in their seats and it's a mess so they end up making it to the airport and once they're at the airport they actually end up running into LL Cool J and while they see LL Cool J they up there talking about an article about LL Cool J in front of L.O. Cool J so he's kind of like um these girls crazy so he pretty much rushes off And then after that, they end up taking a cab to the audition. And at first they think they came there early because where the cab was parked, they didn't see anybody. But when they like got around the corner, they saw this long line of other girls that are already there. And so while they're in line, you know, they see this one girl step out of line and she's pretty much practicing her moves. And they're looking at her like, "Mm, like, she's really doing that? Like, no, she did (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> like her moves were bad, but you could tell she looks like a trained dancer. After she's done, Nisi walks up and like, you know, y'all can go home now. Like I'm pretty much already got the part. And so she ends up doing her moves. And of course they're all over the place. She's definitely not a, re- like a a, a, a regular dancing. <laughs> um, just doing kind of just regular club dances. That's like, okay girl, no. And so then, after all of that, they end up auditioning. You can tell it doesn't go well because in the next scene, they look hot. They look sweaty. Their hair has like fallen and they just look through. And they end up bumping into this guy named Antonio who actually tells them that his boss is looking to cast some girls in a music video. And then they ask him like, well, how much is it going to pay? And he tells them, well, um, you're going to get like room and board, like a place to stay and Mickey's like, well, how much will we get paid? And he's like, $10,000. And so then they're like, where he at? In unison. <laughs> their dynamic, when I tell you, it, it's very fun to watch. So then they get um, in his car. And in the back of the car, they're like refreshing up, fixing their hair, making themselves more presentable. They get to the mansion. And when they get there, it's funny because Nisi is trying to teach Mickey a little bit like, okay, we can't talk how we normally talk because these people won't understand us. So we have to be a little classy. But um, Mickey has a hard time uh, following along or picking up on that. But Nisi can do it. She knows how to switch it up a little bit. And so they knock on the door. The butler answers, And he's like, how did you get past the gates? Begging is not allowed. It's not permitted here. And he like slams the door in her face. And then, you know, Mickey's like, oh, no, I'm about to go off because, no, he didn't. But then another man opens the door. He's like, who are you? And, you know, is like, I'm Denise. And she was like, um, this is Mickey. And I forgot what her, what she said Mickey's real name was. Ooh, I don't know. I don't think it was Michelle. I cannot think of it right now. But anyways, but she says their real names. But then she goes, hey, but these are our nicknames. You can call me Niecy. You can call her Mickey. And so the guy's like, "Oh, okay, we'll come in." And so he tells when he tells him to come in, he kind of is looking at Nisi, kind of admiring her, and you kind of don't know what's going on because you're thinking it's for a music video. But you can tell immediately when they go to the house and the people they interact with, that's not what they're gonna do. But you're not sure yet. So then um, the guy tells him like, uh, "You look just like her." He makes some type of comment. She's like, "Okay," and she's like, "What well, does that mean? We have the job?" And he's like. Well, it seems like it, but, you know, let's do this. Go upstairs, change, uh, freshen up. Then we'll come downstairs and talk about the contract. So they go upstairs. It's a whole funny scene with that. Um, But past that, um, once they've gotten uh, freshened up, they go downstairs to, like, the yard. They meet up with Isaac. I forgot to tell you. Okay, so the man who had opened the door the second time to actually let, or the guy that actually let them in, his name is Isaac Blakemore and Isaac is actually played. Oh, let me see. Okay. Isaac is played by Jonathan fried. And then we, the Butler, his name is manly. He's played by Ian Richardson. So once they go downstairs to meet up with Isaac, Isaac pretty much lets them know that, okay, this is not going to be for a music video. Um, we were looking for a girl to basically play a part for us. So he explains to them that his uncle, who's, you know, Donald Blakemore, he used to be in love with this woman named Lily who was black and she was like the housekeeper. And they loved each other, but they couldn't marry because she was black. And so he ended up being married off to someone else and he never got to see her again. And so he figures since he has cancer and only has two weeks left to live, um, Isaac, who is the nephew, decided to make his last days like the best by having someone play Lily's granddaughter. So the girls love the idea and they think it's super sweet, cute, like they're all for it. And so Isaac ends up introducing Nisi and Mickey to Mr. Donald Blakemore, who is the one that's sick. And uh, Mr. Blakemore, he is played by Martin Landau. Landau and, uh, The initial greeting is bad because he gets upset with Isaac because he's like, why didn't you tell me ahead of time that she was coming? And this actually scares the girls a little bit until a little later they end up meeting back up for dinner with Mr. Blakemore and Isaac and me and Lena, all of them. And he's much nicer. He's much calmer. And he's actually super happy to meet her. Now, he doesn't know that she's hired. He's really thinking thinking this is Lily's grand- granddaughter. And so he's happy. And um, he starts to ask her questions like, what did Lily tell you about me? And of course, she's stumbling over her words. She's just thinking of random stuff to make up because she didn't really prepare for this. So she makes up some just kind of general stuff. And then the food ends up being served. And when they open the food, it looks super bland, like super bland. And so Mickey comments just like, Ugh. Like, you're eating this? No wonder you're sick. And so she ends up going into the kitchen, cooking up some soul food. And when she finishes, you know, Mr. Blakemore loves it. You know, that's what he's like. I'm used to, you know, Lily, when she used to make me soul food. So he enjoyed that food. So this is bringing his memories back even more and making him, you know, feel a lot better. And so the next day, Mr. Blakemore is actually super, like, I guess he seemed so sick and down, but like that next day he was dressed. He was standing up straight. He looked good. He sounded good. And it, it was just a really good sight because this man doesn't have that long to live. So um, for him to actually be living, it was a good sight to see. And so we realized very early on how these girls are going to make such an impact on his life, even though he really doesn't know them from Adam, he's just going by off of what his nephews told them. And so pretty much the you know, the rest of the movie is just about um, them making his last days memorable. And of course, until like when he's supposed to pass so they can get the moolah, because that's what they were there for. That's what they went to California for. All right. So the cast we have here, we have Holly Berry who plays Nisi. She was in Die Another Day and Monsters Ball. Everyone should know one Holly Berry movie. Then we have Martin Landau and he was in Ed Wood and Crimes and Misdemeanors. We have Ian Richardson who plays Manly. He was in From Hell and House of Cards. We have Natalie Reed who was in Cinderella and How to Be a Player. Troy Byer, who plays Tracy Shaw, was in John Q. And let's talk about sex. We have Luigi Amodo, who plays Antonio. He was in The Animal and Star Trek Voyager. We have Jonathan Fried, who plays Isaac. He was in Person of Interest and Kate and Leopold. We have Pierre Edwards, who plays Ali. He was in For the Love of Money and How to Be a Player. We have Anthony Johnson, who plays James. He was in Menace to Society, which was in episode 38. And he was in The Players Club, which I'm going to do that movie too. Bernie Mac plays Mr. Johnson. He was in The Bernie Mac Show. And guess who? We have um, Daryl Heath, who played Terrence. And he was in Black Dynamite and Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Faze on Love plays Tiger J. He was in Friday and Elf. And then we have Rudy Ray Moore who plays Nate and he was in Dolomite and the Human Tornado. All right. And let's get into some behind the scenes information. All right. So this was Holly Berry's first leading role in a comedy. And it's funny because she's mostly done drama. So seeing her in this was refreshing and she did very good. Um, This film is included on the film critic Robert Ebert's most hated list. So someone was definitely not a fan of this movie, but we are. Uh, Pierre Edwards, this was his film debut. And he also appeared in the film How to Be a Player and co starred with Natalie uh, Reed as well. A few months after this film's release. Uh, And then Natalie Reed, this was her first leading role following her film debut in Set It Off a year earlier, which we talked about Set It Off in, um, I believe it was episode number three. But ma, that's my favorite black movie. And um, yeah, that is all the information that was pretty short. Okay, so going back to the little antidote I had. So it's funny because I didn't really know too much about Rudy Ray Moore. But then there was a um, Netflix movie that came out about his life, you know, Dolomite. And um, I remember the referencing, hearing about him in House Party. And then, I, you know, once I watched the, dog, the movie, I was like, oh, that's who that is. That's who said that. And then when we, I watched this, I saw him in the beginning. I said, oh, that was him. Um, So it's just kind of full circle when you grow up and you actually hear about these people or you see their story and then you're like, oh, now I know who that is. So I thought that was pretty cool. All right. And you know what? That is all I got for you. So sorry that this episode came late. Guys, I'm pushing through it. I got to do better. But thank you so much for hanging in there with me. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And you know what? The show is over. The credits are rolling. And I will see you at the next show time.